Now live, part two, coming at you, <laughs> Faye and Bogey here for happy hour. Sorry that took so long, guys. Oh. <laughs> um, we don't have anybody back with us yet. Everybody deserted us. No. No, it takes a second. Oh, there they all are. See? It does take a second. All right. Entertain them for a few seconds while everybody joins back. I have an empty glass, and that is no bueno. So and while I she was figuring that out, right I, got a, I, got, I got a second. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, there uh, like pretty much we need to start a, uh, a petition for all girls' garage to be an hour because oh, yes. um, <laughs> um, because we can uh, we can we can talk a lot and we also have like a lot of really good information to share. I mean, that's that's the thing that I see most frequently is um, is people wondering like how how do you get all that work done in twenty two minutes? Like how how come you don't show this part of the show? How come we don't show this part of the show? Um, I mean, how much of what we film is like ends On up being cut out? Uh, I mean, we talked about turbos for probably like 20 minutes straight today, and I guarantee you there's going to be like three seconds of that shot. Our, you know? our poor producer. So <laughs> I'm, I forever, since the beginning of All Girls Garage, like I'm long-winded. I talk for a really long time. I am, that's just. Good thing I'm not. That is, that is just, she totally is. Okay, so, um, so I was always known as the person who, when my producer needed to fill time on the episode, he would give me something to do, and he's like, here, can you talk for two minutes about this? And I'm like, this bolt? Yeah, I can totally talk for two minutes about this bolt. And so that my was, mouth was full. <laughs> so that was kind of my job. And, um, and so now our poor producer has and both this lady. of us. And so today he says, um, can we do just like a quick scene on how turbochargers work? And, and so we totally, and what did we film, like 15 minutes? I, I think it was closer to 20. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but here's the thing. He he put, and you, you guys will see this. Oh, maybe you won't. I don't know what's going to happen with this. But basically, we had, um, we had two cutaway turbos. And for those who ask, no one tells us what to say. And... Now, I don't know if our producer's watching. I, I adore him. We love him <laughs> we so love much. Producer. But he doesn't know anything about cars. No. He'll point to an alternator and be like, Faye, we can just talk about the power steering pump. And I'm like, this alternator? Uh, okay. Like, literally does not know anything about cars. And so, we will, you know, and, and isn't it a good thing that we're not fed lines? Because you see me trying to, like, write oh, anything for myself no. to say. I, I can't memorize things. We I can't don't do things well that I'm told. I, I just can't. So... And we also don't plan anything ahead of time. We plan nothing ahead of time, aside from who's going to talk first. And sometimes we don't even plan And sometimes that. that <laughs> we're just like, ah, we look at each other, we're like, yeah. um, okay, who's talking? So we're sitting on this table. We're sitting. We're standing behind this table, and we've got two cutaway turbos and uh, uh, turbochargers, like, cutaway views. Super So you can see cool. the insides of them, which, like, we totally it. nerded out about because I love cutaways. They're oh, best. yeah, and I love turbos. Well, we both love turbos. Um, so, of course... He's, he's like, and three, two, one, and go. And we're like, okay. And we just start bantering back and forth on this, uh, on these turbos. Yeah. And we just. And he's like, you do realize that only like a minute of that is going to make it on the show. <laughs> yeah. like, we know. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see like what minute he's going to cut out. I know. It's probably, I mean, he's probably going to take like a whole bunch of little chunks. Oh, thank you for all the love, you guys. I know. Oh my gosh. Tons of love. You guys are awesome. It. All right. Since we're doing another hour here, we're going to do the rest of the, or this second hour, I guess, or however long we want to go doing this a little bit more non-traditional for my happy hours because the happy hours are normally a little bit more interview style and I see a ton of questions just about the show and about us and so yeah, we're just going to do the rest of questions. this a little bit more like both of us 
being interviewed by you guys. Does cool. that sound good? Um, so <laughs> bourbon and bourbon flavored kombucha, he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know, I love that. I know. Um, so we did have one question. Um, do mechanics mansplain things to us? Okay. Um, so <laughs> would you like to take that one? Well, I'm just going to say, look at, uh, look at the comments in my posts and, and her TikToks. Um, so you know what? That, that's interesting because that, that's, a, that's a really interesting question because like we were talking about earlier with for every time that you show how to do something, there's a million people that think that there's other ways to do things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's some people that are genuinely just trying to be helpful. Totally. And I've learned a ton from my comments. Like I've been doing one thing one way for a very long time. And then there'll be some like 50 year Toyota master technician. That's like, Hey, if you actually just like remove that instead, I know it doesn't look like it, but you can actually sneak in and no one knows this. I don't really share the secret very often, but I'm going to share it with you. And I'm like, oh, I feel so honored. I'm like, Oh my God, that does work. You know? Um, I, I I've learned a lot from, you know, from people explaining, I, I really hate the term mansplaining. Um, because I know that I woman-splain to people too. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I do like really hate that term because like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like if there's someone that knows a lot about something, sometimes they're just really excited to share what they know. Well, I think there's a difference between sharing knowledge and what gets coined mansplaining. And I, I, I think to answer that question is like, sometimes people share their knowledge with us and we love that. Yeah. And then sometimes People will, I think, totally mansplain things, and it one hundred percent happens. Um, I, I think it's a thing. I think it's a real thing. I, I, I posted. I mentioned that I'm starting to do TikTok videos, so I did a, um, I did a TikTok video on on simple ways to remove lug nuts if they're really tight, and and I had a ton great video of by the way. ridiculous ridiculous comments completely mansplaining things to me and i'm like I, you do realize i'm the one who made the video right why i'm not sure why you're mansplaining to me but <laughs> um yeah so so this is kind of a question that goes hands in hands hand in hand hand in hand with that um are you competent to speak up when you know something is correct yes I, I, I do. Um, but of course I'll second guess myself a whole bunch first and like double check and sometimes look it up and be like, um, 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 but, um, yeah. but most of the time if I'm, if I'm going to make a video about something, a YouTube video or something, I, I have to really know it or if I'm going to show something. Um, recently there was a couple of things, a couple of videos that I made on my Instagram that were just like, one was like a new thing that I learned. And another thing was like, a video compilation of like me peeling paint and, um, the peeling paint video is just supposed to be showing people like how my the previous paint did not adhere at all my engine bay. So I was not going through and painstakingly peeling up every single piece of paint in my engine bay. No, I was showing you like, whoa, it didn't adhere here, didn't adhere here, you know. And I made this like 20 second compilation. The amount of comments of people trying to educate me on auto body. Now granted, I know nothing about auto body. But at this point, you weren't asking. I wasn't asking. It was already done. (laughs) Um, And it was just, it was interesting because there wasn't, I mean, I know so many women in auto body. Um, that I did actually reach out for tips and tricks and I had a professional auto body, um, technician helping me and teaching and an instructor teaching me. So like I was being taught by someone like, you know, I I had all the skill, but you know, I guess it was interesting because I didn't have a single woman say, this is what you should have been doing. Um, or Hey, let, let me, let me help you with that. Um, and I also, I also wasn't asking cause the job had already been done. Right. Um, and that was not, I wasn't like, I wasn't peeling it up. I had actually, you know, I used a bunch of techniques for pulling the old paint up and under the instruction of a professional. 
But it was just interesting that some people did assume that I didn't know. Right. And then other people never assumed. And you know what? I think that goes back to the Chevy Montage. As we mentioned earlier, I was, you know, a huge breakthrough in my confidence. Um, and that, which led to a big breakthrough in my, in my personal skill set. Um, and like a huge growth in my career came from working on the Chevy Montage. Um, not because my skills changed, but because when I walked in the door, uh, Bogie had seen me once before in person, but we hadn't really spoken before. And she was like, oh, you're here to work. Um, okay, so we're gonna do this. Uh, go over and uh, just put in that rear end. And I'm like, whoa, you're not asking for my resume. You're not asking if I need a drink of water. You're literally, you literally are taking me seriously that I'm showing up to the door not to be babied, not to be coddled, but to wrench. And I told you what I'm capable of, and you're not drilling me for information. You're not testing me. You're like, okay, you can do this. Go do that. And I'm like, uh, well, okay. I'll get my own water then. No, just kidding. Um, but it, but it was like, wow. I've never been instantly trusted. trusted. Um, and it was. I think we're really both really used to having to prove ourselves. Yes, it gets tiring. It does. It does get tiring. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I have 20 years in this industry and I still get questioned and it's, um, and it does, it gets, it gets exhausting. But I think going, going back to the question of like, whether we oh, are yeah. confident to speak up when we know something's right. Like, I think it's, that's an interesting question because I think it kind of depends on the scenario. Like yes. there's times yeah. when I know I'm right, but it's just it's not worth, worth it. speaking up mm -hmm. and and then there's times when it matters, right? When it's a safety issue or when there's somebody at, at risk, like when there's something something that's on uh, at stake in the scenario, then yeah, I'm gonna speak up absolutely when I when I know I'm right. Um, but then there's then there's times too, man, where like I thought I knew I was right and I was not. <laughs> no, no, definitely. So well, definitely and then and then there's also like and then to add another level of complexity onto that. There's also this expectation, and I hate this, but there is. Um, there's this expectation that women are supposed to be nice and sweet and wonderful, and we are. But um, sometimes I do talk back to somebody, even like a friendly way, like saying, you know, thanks, wasn't asking for help, or like, hey, already figured this out, thank you, or like, wasn't asking for your opinion, or just like something like super just like quick and like a response, like, no thanks, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I will get drilled later on. You know, I had someone come into one of my YouTube lives and just be like, why are you so sensitive? I told you this and I was trying to help, but like you got offended and like all of a sudden I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like it will come back. It will come back because I didn't fit that, you know, gentle, sweet, cute, mm -hmm. kind, you know, woman idea. And like, I want to think that's not what it is. Like I really want to think that that's not what it is. And, and that also might be what it is. And it's I not everybody, know. right? Like not everybody holds true. us oh, in, in that so light true. Yeah, treats yeah. us in that way. But, Absolutely. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely happens. And I think sometimes the same sentence or the same phrase coming from a man gets heard differently than when it comes from a woman. Um, so, oh, sure. And, and that's, sure. It, we may not like it and it may not be fair and maybe that's not the way we want the world to work. Yeah, but sadly, it, it is kind of the way the world works, right? Like we don't want there to be sexism in the world, but there is. There are gender stereotypes in the world. There, there are things that exist that we deal with and whether we like it or not, whether we want it to be that way or not, we kind of have to acknowledge them, right? Like it shouldn't be that we have to worry about how, how we're dressed when we go in for a job interview. You shouldn't have to worry about covering your tattoos, right? But the reality is, is 
this is the society we live in. Yeah. So, so we don't we don't get to make the rules and we can fight against them, but we have to which is more important, being effective or making a point. No, absolutely. It's like you really you really have to choose and not either one is necessarily right all the time too. Like you've got to yeah. weigh the benefits both times. Yeah. And yeah, it's like sometimes I, I am more sensitive. And you know it's like it's so true. It's 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 in the reverse. You made a really good point because sometimes I'll take something totally different depending on who asks it. The same question, if it's someone that I know or if it's someone that I've talked to before or or if it's a woman. Like sometimes I, I sometimes I, I will see things differently based yeah. on who the person is. And I'll judge too. It's like, I mean, of course it exists because like, I do it right back. I you know it's like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry guys. <laughs> what what would you say, I'm, I'm reverting to like interview mode because I'm horrible like that. Oh, but, oh. Um, what would you say is like your number one piece of advice for somebody who's like wanting to get into the industry? Um, yeah, no matter, no matter who you are wanting to get into the industry. Uh, well, actually, I, I guess sometimes it does matter, like, you know, what your, what your age is, what your current skill level is, what your financial situation is. But the number one piece of advice that I would give sort of across the board to anyone wanting to get into the industry is buy a cheap project car or go to the junkyard. Um, because it is so much easier to learn lessons um, on your own. Like, even if you watch a YouTube video and like you try to do that thing on a car that is in a safe environment, um, where you're not under the stress of getting things done quickly, or you don't have people watching you and judging you, um, buy a cheap project car that you can take apart and put back together and buy an owner's manual or a, a repair manual for it and start practicing things. Open to a random page, start doing something. Find where that PCB valve is located or find the torque specs of your lug nuts or something. Start somewhere or go to a junkyard if you have a smaller budget and just bring a bunch of tools if you can, just you know, if you have them apart. and start taking things apart. So start tinkering because there are some things that you cannot learn in books and there are some things that no one can teach you that you have to experience. Torque specifications, for example. What is what does this stripped bolt feel like? What does it yeah. take to get to the point where you over torque things? There are some things that you're going to have to learn the hard way and you're going to fail and it sucks to fail in a job situation where suddenly you've got to Holy. Drill out that bolt by yourself. What about? But you? I feel like that's the benefit of school, right? Because oh. it's, it's yeah. going to technical school, like, and not everybody does. So mm -hmm. you 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 replicated it though. So the benefit of school is that you have this opportunity where it's a safe space to f up, where it's not a customer's car, where if you make a mistake, you'll get ridiculed by your peers, but not necessarily like have lose a job, right? And so you replicated that by putting yourself in a situation where you could mess up, go to the junkyard, mess up on things, right? I, I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to who are like new in their career who have been dissuaded by, oh, I broke a bolt and everybody's laughing at me. And I'm like, good, congratulations, you broke a bolt, awesome. Guess what you got to learn? How to get out that broken bolt. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> And I, I remember I mean, so I much, it, so. like from the Chevy Montage too. Um, one of the ladies who participated in the build, um, I don't, I haven't seen her name on here, so I don't think she's watching. But Michelle um, said to me at one point, she goes, "How are you so good at fixing everybody else's f ups? Because often throughout the build, you know, a lot of newbies were involved, and a lot of you know, early on, young in their careers, people were involved. So there were a lot of mistakes that got made." Right, a lot of things happen, and I had to come in I made some. and fix them. Right, and and she asked me when she said, "How did you get so good at fixing everybody's f ups?" And I said, "I've made them all before." 
multiple times. Right? Like I've made all of those F ups and I've had to fix all the F ups. And so that's how I know how to fix them. So we, we get good by messing up and school is a safe place to do that. But so is working in a junkyard and playing with a junk car. So yeah, like just dive in and do it. Are you calling my first junk? Not your car. No. <laughs> my project cars. No, no, no. My, my, uh, but, but like getting a project car too. Like even if you're just buying yeah. someone else's junk that they're trying to sell like cash for clunkers. Like, well, that program was over a long time ago, but like cash for junk cars, you know, it's yeah, like you totally. can get a hundred bucks for like this car that doesn't run. All right. Well, what would spending a hundred bucks on someone else's like totally like, you know, n- like 1998 Buick Saber that you would never want to own. Right. But like something that is like a safe learning environment for you and take yeah. every single piece of that thing apart. I, I always say like, just stay curious. And that's not just when you're starting out, but that is always like that is 20 years into your career. That's 30 years into your career. Stay curious. And especially when you're new, I, I, the apprentices that I've had who have succeeded and become great technicians are the ones who glued themselves to a master technician side and at every point was like, what's that? How does that work? Explain with that, with, me that. Without annoying. That, without, without annoying. annoying <laughs> but like wanted to know. Like yeah. you're just really curious to learn things. So be curious, stay curious, take things apart, figure things out, mess up, mess up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like, you know, sometimes it's like, especially as, as perfectionists, I mean, I yeah. don't want to speak for you, but like even, even to this day, if I mess up like the tiniest thing, I will like, I will just destroy myself emotionally over those things. But that's where you learn. Like that's where you learn. That's where you become better. You don't learn by doing everything perfectly the first time. So like learning to embrace those times and not being so hard on yourself. I know it's, it's, it's golden. Seriously. So, okay. So I know there's a ton of questions out there and they're like all going like super fast. (laughs) So if you guys have questions, make sure you're using the little like question, question mark, mark tab thing. on the bottom because then it'll pop up as a Which question and then I don't have to scroll through all of the comments. Um, but we are happy to try to answer questions as much as we possibly can. That's why we came back for a second hour. So now you're stuck with us for another hour. Yay! What else <laughs> we got in that little question tab there? I know. Let's see. Are there any? Um, why is your show not longer? Uh, we agree. Um, we would recommend that you, uh, write to Motor Trend, (laughs) email them, tweet them, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Let them know that our show should be an hour because we totally agree. We would love to do that. Well, not only that, but like, you know, there's my favorite, my favorite episodes that we've done have been the ones that like keep on coming back. So we like have the opportunity to show like more of the details and there are some episodes that we've done where we're able to do like a lot of the diagnosis but then we lose a lot of that time in like showing the end result so it's like either we get criticized for not showing or not criticized but like either people are bummed out that we don't show more of the diagnosis or either people bummed out that we don't finish the jobs and it's like ah we can't do both in 22 minutes (laughs) um which is why most of my youtube videos are 10 minutes long uh and they're like you know on and on and on and on and on um so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really good. I mean, I, I wish, I wish it was an hour because then we would have like a lot more to show. So I guess you just have to uh, watch Bogey's live streams that are an hour and I watch my YouTube videos, <laughs> which are 10 minutes long. <laughs> um, so we have another question. Uh, yes. how does one get their vehicle on all girls garage? Oh, I get this question all the time. Yes. Um, how do you do it, Am I supposed to answer it? Um, you go to the, <laughs> <laughs> you, you submit it online. So yes. most of the cars that we have are well, actually almost all of the cars are like real 
customer cars, either yeah. that we find in real life or that find us. And they're submitted online through the website. So we yeah. just Google All Girls Garage. You'll find our production company, Brenton TV, yeah. and you submit it on there. And if it's cool enough and if it fits with the sort of project that we'd like to do, yeah. um, and also more importantly, if, if it'll if, fit in a 22 minute a 22 minute Project. window yeah yeah like okay, we're not doing full paint jobs we're not we doing you know complete over we just can't there's just not enough time yeah yeah and like and i mean that being said 22 minutes but then also like we're only out here for a week so like we both have our own like this shop and like our like our shop all girls garage is like thing a thing that we only get the blessing of working for yeah. a week a month um so some and, know this and some don't right all girls garage is a tv show clearly but we do not work together full time. We do not live in the same state full time. Um, and and so we don't take regular customers at All Girls Garage, right? We are not like a fully open to the public kind of shop. But right. we do often work on viewers' cars. Yes. Um, it helps if you're in Florida because that's where we film. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit easier. Uh -huh. um, and and it, if it's a different sort of project, if it's something that we haven't done a gazillion times already yeah. on the show, then they're more interested in it. But yeah, if you have a car, if you have a vehicle that you'd like to have on the show, go to the website. There's a link. You can submit it. And uh, it's Brenton. BrentonTV.com. Brenton yeah. And, and also like, Sometimes if it works out with like the parts and the parts availability and if we're, sometimes we're able to get them sponsored Sometimes you have to buy them. Sometimes we're able to get the car to us. Sometimes you have to do it So like it'll it depends a lot on the person submitting yeah. and the situation And even if it's something that we would love to do sometimes we don't have all the pull in the world that we want to So yeah. if it's and something if you that, submit and you don't hear from anybody don't be offended. Yeah, it's it not happens. because we hate you We get a ton. Yeah, yeah, so it all just depends um, yeah. Dougie, there's another really good question that just came up. What was that? Do you do we bring our own tools? Oh, on I saw that sets? one. Yeah. Um, once in a while, I'll bring specialty tools in. Uh, we did BMW it in BMW episode. last season, and it required specialty tools, so I brought some from home. Every once in a while, we'll do that, but. Um, the TV world is a little bit more chaotic and not quite as romantic as a lot of people probably think it is. This is true. Um, and the the set becomes um, it's a mess. To put it nicely, uh, it is. It's. I would like to say it's organized chaos. No, it's just it. It can it's, it's be kind chaos. of chaos, right? And so, like Bogey's toolbox halfway through a job. I'm a neat freak, so the fact that the tools are scattered <laughs> everywhere is like. No, even if I'm like, even if I'm 15 minutes into a job, everything has its place. I'm very, mm, 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 mm. that is not the way that uh, we function in All Girls Garage. No, <laughs> no. We spend a lot of time looking for tools. We do. Uh, so I've been a little <laughs> bit hesitant to bring any specialty tools they'll because they'll just, they'll get lost. At the beginning, I think season one and season two, I had um, like my two favorite wrenches and a panel popping tool that I loved and I brought them and I never saw them again. <sighs> so, um, and I think that your purple flashlight sort of got, uh, acquired. Yes. It, 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 uh, just sort of became part of the all girls garage tool set. Yes. Um, I actually said, remember oh. seeing an episode of, um, of car fix when Lou was on it and it was seasons ago and I had left my, my stream light flashlight because I, I, you know, it was my special Whoa. flashlight, and I hid it away, and it was my special flashlight. And then I remember watching an episode of Carpix, and I'm like, Lou has my flashlight. <laughs> I stopped bringing my own tools after that. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Carfix is near us. 
Um, anyway, so... Um, Everybody knows that. That being said, I do actually bring three tools with me every single time I come out here. One is my knife. Another is... Oh, actually two. I guess four. Because I, I bring two pocket two screwdrivers. Pocket and uh, and my little mini stream light. But yes. it never leaves me. Yes. Um, and in fact, I actually bought doubles of every single one of those things. And they never leave my suitcase. So um, one thing that you may not know, if you don't fly a lot, is that you can't fly with tools. <laughs> so You can learn that one the hard way. Yeah. They take their tools away from you. Um, so you either have to pack them on your carry-on. But sometimes we've had situations happen where like they lose our carry-on luggage. And we fly in. And then we start filming. So it's like, if they lose our carry-ons, you know, then somehow it ends up in Florida and then we go home to work our regular jobs and then our tools are somewhere lost in, totally. you can't risk it, especially with your favorite tools. Um, So so, this goes with that question. question. Please advise how to organize tools. I cannot come up with a good system. Oh, okay. This is all you because I am not the organized girl. Oh, okay. (laughs) So um, I actually have four toolboxes that have various stages of things. Um, I have one toolbox for all body things and I have uh, the top layer is all of my abrasives and then I have new sandpaper and then I have used sandpaper and then it sort of goes in like sort of body section. Then I have one main toolbox. It's like all the tools that I normally use in a week. So I, I didn't, I didn't call this organized organizational system within like a month. Like it's taken mm-hmm. years of development. And then, um, of course, you have like toolbox drawers that are varying depths. So like sometimes they make sense. It's like I have a ton of different sorts of wrenches. And so I have one like deep toolbox drawer that's like all these like different sets of wrenches. But like my one main toolbox has all the things that I'll normally use in a week. Um, and that can be on any sort of job that I'll see in a typical week. Okay. And then I have my rolling tool cart. And my rolling tool cart are all the things that are the most commonly used. So I have my favorite quarter and drive ratchet, my favorite like... Um, three ace drive. Oh my, I love a snap on ratchet. I have a shorty ratchet and then I also have a battery operated tool and like some sort of basic things in my rolling tool cart. And those are the things I'm going to use on almost any sort of job, any sort of job. And then I have one toolbox that's dedicated to specialty tools. Um, and the specialty tools are things that are organized for exactly when I need them. And a lot of times you need those specialty tools in a pitch. Um, it's not like, Oh, I'm planning for this. Sometimes it's like, I'm planning for that timing belt job, but I know I need this specific like cam locking tool. It's like, I can plan for that. Sometimes specialty tools kind of like come in sort of a panic situation. So my specialty toolbox is labeled in the most easy to find way where like this is held up with a zip tie and like, oh my God, I'm freaking panicking. And like, I'm holding this, like maybe my foot is holding this and I'm reaching over into my specialty and I know exactly where to get it. So, um, so yeah, main toolbox, things I use in a week, um, overflow toolbox of things, specialty toolbox, rolling tool cart. Um, so most common things things used in a week, things rarely used, but very well organized, and then body stuff. I aim for that. Yeah. But I spend a lot of time looking for tools in my own shop. <laughs> you know, but um, then... But I also share my shop with, like, okay. a ton of people. I don't. So there's stuff all over the place all oh, the time, that's, and it that's actually, it, it drives me nuts. I think the most important thing for organization with a toolbox, and I, I can't, like, claim to be the most organized at all, but is 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 putting things back like yes. if everything has a space even if that space changes 14 times a year and you decide like oh i want this in this drawer instead of that drawer is having everything have a designated space so that even if things become chaos which they often do in my world um that when it's time to clean up everything can go back to its designated space and i find that 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 really helps a lot well that's the thing is like at the dealership 
we were given an hour of extra pay on top of our flat rate every day for cleaning up our space. And no one used that except for me. Right. <laughs> because I felt like I was still in like this proving period with myself. Where I'm just like, I have to earn that hour. Yeah. So I got in this habit of like, even if I was so freaking starving, I wanted to get out of there. Even if I was exhausted and wanted to go home, I would still, I would not go home until I wiped off every single one of my tools with break clean, you know, clean them off, put them away, wiped down every drawer of my toolbox, locked it up, <laughs> made sure everything was present and accounted for. Cause people steal stuff at the dealership. They still, they'll steal, they'll walk away from things. Um, especially I started out on the lube rack where people don't care and they take anything of anyone's. Um, so that's what I still do at the end of every single day, even if I'm in the middle of a job, and I'm going to finish it tomorrow. I'll still wipe every tool down, put it away, wipe every single drawer down, lock it, and then walk away. <laughs> Not me. It's part of my zen. I don't know. I have a, like, I'm a very routine-driven person. Yes. And if yes, I don't, I'll, like, I'll stress out, like, did I lose that socket in a customer's engine? Like, I will, I will wake. I will stay up. I will not be able to sleep if I think that I might have messed something up or, like, mm-hmm. forgot to torque something or, like, who knows what. So oh, yeah. knowing yeah. that I have every I tool that. present and accounted for, I did not drop a socket down that customer's, you know, intake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, somebody asked our recommendation for battery powered impact for a farm slash backyard mechanic. Okay. Farm backyard mechanic is probably going to get a whole bunch of like abuse use, uh, dirt in it. Probably going to be dropped, probably going to be abused. Um, so I have, I've got a few sets of battery operated and yeah. when I was mobile, I actually used my central pneumatic, my Harbor mm. Freight, um, half inch drive and I bring it to the racetrack because mm. if I run it over, if someone steals it, my heart's not hurt because right. it was cheap. Yeah. And you know what? I've had it for three years and I use it hard and it hasn't broken. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in there are some tools that it is worth paying good money yeah. for. And there are some tools that it totally doesn't make sense to spend good money on. And, um, I will say like with battery powered impacts and and whatnot, like I haven't really run across one that didn't perform at least satisfactorily. So if you're going to beat the hell out of it, don't spend a ton of money. Well, it's true. Like I'm, I'm picturing like farm. Like I mean, I mean does that? I mean, I you can run it over with a tractor thinking. and like a horse can step on it. I I don't know. Like what you're saying, like farm, like backyard. But no, like I mean, that's why. Like when I was bringing it to people's houses, I'm like, oh, wait, what if I forget it? Or like, what if someone like, what if someone takes off with it? Or I lose a battery and I have to yeah. buy another one. Like, and and I was expecting it to last a year. It, it hasn't. Like it it kills yeah. me for my I, my I half a truck. Most of the battery impact ones are are pretty adequate, and some may be stronger than others, and some may be yeah. better than others. I love my Snap On ones. I'm you know I'm not gonna lie, but I I also love my Milwaukee ones, and yeah. you know so there I think there's there's a ton of options, and I think it really depends on on your what's comfortable to your in your hand too, yeah. and what your budget is, and yeah. what makes sense to like um you know working as as a flat rate technician, there was a few things I was doing all the time and I invested in some really yes. expensive air operated tools because like, yeah. this is really lightweight. I'm going to do this job over and over and over again. And like, my arm's not that strong. And like, this is really small and compact. And like, yeah. ah, I love this tool. And so like, I spent way too much money on like this lovely little Cornwell three eighths inch, three eighths, I can talk, inch drive <laughs> impact. And um, I use it all the time. Yeah. Would I recommend that for like someone working in their home shop, their home garage? No, like you'll never get like, you know, cost per use out of right. it. Um, I, I, I feel like I've sort of justified it after like eight years of having it. Um, but you know, my battery operated, I'm like, okay, 
this is for doing my mobile stuff. This is not in my home shop. This is not in my shop shop. So this is sort of like a temporary thing. I'm not gonna be using it a whole bunch. I've way gotten my use out of the thing and yeah. then some. Like, I'm actually really impressed with how well it performed. Yeah. So I've actually recommended the Harbor Freight one to, like, a lot of people. Oh, there's, <laughs> a lot. there's Honestly, there's a lot of Harbor Freight tools that I will swear by. I mean, there's there's a lot of things where they are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. Um, somebody asked... Um, Oh, Ian, <laughs> Ian from Big Tire Garage. Hi, Ian. Hi, Ian. Wants to know if we're filming this week. Yes, we are filming this week. That's why we're together. Yes. <laughs> and somebody else actually said earlier that we should do another motorcycle episode. Oh, and we interestingly should. enough, yeah, yeah. there might be one coming because Maybe. that's exactly what we've been doing this we week. We should also do another super episode. All roads lead to Supra. Sorry. Um, but yes, we do have another motorcycle episode coming. We are working on one right now, and it is a very good one, so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for it's that. Been, it's, it's been amazing, actually. Yes. I'm really excited for everything that we've been doing this week in particular. Like, we've got... We've got... I'm... I'm this has been this has been a great week. I'm, it I'm has really been a great week. <laughs> we've, been, we've been having a whole lot of fun. Uh, Lady Leadfoot would like to know when the Volvo build will begin again. Oh, my gosh. Um, hopefully really soon. I am I'm currently looking at ways that we can restructure the builds in a way that will work with COVID, um, keep everybody safe, um, and, and also allow us to get the build done in time for SEMA. 2021 assuming it happens assuming it happens who knows um, anymore and and also just you know to really fill the spirit of what these builds are supposed to be all about right. so we're working on that right now i would expect probably within the next month to to start hearing from us on on what's going on with that and and how we're going to start that scheduling do you have like an so email soon. do you have some way for people we, to subscribe we do yeah so um via the website so girlganggarage.com there is a sign up link so if you haven't already and you're interested in the build and want to be a you know, notified about what we've got going on and when we have it going on. Um, go onto the website, subscribe, send us an interest email. And then when we start getting going again, which like I said, I, I'm hoping is going to be really soon, we're going to be sending something out to everybody and letting them know kind of what the plan is. So stay tuned. I know y'all have been very, very patient waiting on this bill to get started again, but it is coming soon. I promise. Good question. I promise. Yes, well, we, got, we have a ton of questions. Oh my ton, God. Oh my God. Oh, I look at them. Jeez Louise. And that's really tiny writing, so I'm going to look really funny while I try oh, to read this. I love this question because Which it's one? so relevant. It's right here. Yeah. How do y'all prepare for unfamiliar work, like not Toyota or BMW? <laughs> um, I, we're probably both very different on this. I am a believer in a car is a car is a car. It's nuts and bolts. And I may not know how you know, X brand likes to do whatever system it is that they're doing, but I understand the systems well enough to know that I can figure it out. Like I can figure out whatever it is if I, if I put my mind to it. So I don't really do a lot of preparing. I'm kind of a dive in and figure it out as I go kind of person. And, and I logic through it. Um, Faye, I think is a little bit more of a preparer. I, yeah, I'm a little more preppy. Um, and normally, well, I will say that we do a lot of, like, sort of figuring things out as we go. Yes. Because also a lot of the things, like, we've gotten a lot of, like, you know, brand new things lately that there's not a lot of service information for and lot, mm -hmm. not a lot of, like, um, we're, we're sometimes, like, the first people to be putting on, or that we know of, 
yeah. that are putting on new parts. That we've been yeah. working with a lot of conceptual parts lately. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you really do have to figure things out. That being said, we also sometimes are figuring out what we're working on sort of last minute. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes we don't really know what the future has in store for us until like a few days before. So yeah. what I normally do is since my, my flight, I kind of get bored, like just sitting on the plane. Cause I'm like, I just can't sit still. Um, I'll actually like pay for the in-flight Wi-Fi, and I will, I'll bring my laptop, I'll get on Identifix, I'll look up service information, I'll look up specs, um, I'll look up any sort of fluid specifications, even torque specifications if I can, um, and I will look up all that, all that fancy stuff beforehand, <laughs> um, and then, you know, and it's crazy because, like, I think so, sometimes as prepared as I try to be, I, I end up, like, in the moment, and we ended up going a totally different route with something than, than in my head it turned out to be, yeah. um, because you never really, like, you never really can anticipate what some of this stuff can be because it's so, it's so out there. And also, yeah. like we were saying, our, our dear producer, bless his heart. He, things I, change. I, it, it, yeah, th- things do change, you know? And, and also, like, sometimes people just don't know. Like, I remember getting the write-up for the Supra episode yeah. from the first, like, from the first season. Like, oh my god, Faye, I'm so excited. We're going to have a Supra on for you. I'm like, yay! I'm like, tell me about it. What are we going to do? And he's like, oh. I don't know yet. This is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, but it's, it's the stock Four-cylinder engine, I'm like, the stock four-cylinder engine on a, on a third-generation Supra? That's so rare! <laughs> Tell me more! Uh, and it turned out to be a one Jay-Z swap. So I'm like, all right, okay, cool! <laughs> like, you know? Um, so sometimes we just don't know. Not, you know, not because they're trying to throw us for one, but there's some stuff that we can't possibly prepare for. And then yeah. a lot of times you guys have watched episodes, I'm sure, where we are figuring things out right then and there. Like the Ford Ranger engine in the MG. We had no idea what to expect for that one. It's just like, hey, this doesn't run. Figure it out. We're like, yeah, okay, where do we start? You know, we don't have the book for the MG. We don't have the book for the Ford. Uh, uh. I'm, I'm a real visual learner. Like, I need to touch something and look at something to learn it and figure it out. So doing pre-research and looking things up beforehand, like, does nothing for me. Because I, it just, it won't stick. I have to like have it in my hot little hands and be able to look at it and figure it out. And the, the minute I look at it and I can touch it, I can be like, oh, okay, I get this, right? No matter what it is. Um, and I think I've had enough experience at this point working on all makes and models um, and, and just being thrown like random stuff that I, I just have to figure it out as I go that I've, I almost like stopped preparing for stuff intentionally because she doesn't, it freaks doesn't, me out. Yeah, I just, I'm like, Bogey, what are we doing? She's like, well, I don't know. I have no We're idea. gonna do it. I'm I have like, no idea what going on. I have no idea what the project is, but throw me in and I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> I will say this time I didn't fly Southwest. I flew United, and they charged a lot more for their Wi-Fi. And I'm like, I cannot justify like eleven dollars an hour to like look at the service information. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I felt so insecure this this week. Like I felt like really unprepared. So I'm like I've been like sort of researching things last minute. Uh, but it's all but you've been fine. fine. It's been fine. So Cause, like because it's all nuts and bolts. And it I is, think yeah. that's I, I remember when I was a BMW technician full time. Like that's all I did was work on BMWs. And for seven years I knew BMWs. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know any other cars. And when I went out on my own and I was working on suddenly all makes and models and I remember somebody bringing their their Toyota to me. And it was a V6 engine, I think. I thought you, I thought no, it, was it was a V8. V8. It was. It was a V8 Tundra. engine um with VVTI, a timing belt. And yes, all of the like Which by the way sucks for even people that know awful. them. 
and I came from BMW. We didn't have don't have belts. timing belts. I mean, I mean, there was like old, one model like the way 90s, back in the day. like the but BMW doesn't use timing belts, so I knew nothing yeah. from them. And I, I remember feeling like such a fraud. This is going back to kind of our our earlier conversation about feeling like a fraud. I remember when I went out on my own, I started my own business, I get this first big job, and it's a timing belt job, and I know nothing about them, and I don't have anybody to go to, and I have no books to figure. And YouTube wasn't a thing really back then, like that didn't exist. And I remember sitting on my porch thinking, oh my god. Who the hell do I think I am? I can't call myself a mechanic. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this timing belt thing. And I had to pep rally myself. I had to talk myself into it to get up and figure it out. And I did, I figured it out and it worked great. And I worked on that guy's truck for another seven years after that, maybe even longer than that. Like, wow. so I, I didn't blow up the engine. It worked great. Um, but I think that was a defining moment for me where I really realized like, it's all just nuts and bolts. Somebody put it together. I can take it apart and figure out how to put it back together again. And nothing scares me anymore. Like that was the, that moment where I realized like I can figure anything out. If you give me enough time, like I may not know everything. I certainly don't know everything, but I can figure it out. And I, I think it's just, that's a thing that kind of comes with time and experience and maybe having that moment where you, where you think you can't figure something out and you do anyway, and you realize like, okay, I, it's all just nuts and bolts. It's all just nuts and bolts. That's a really good answer. That was a really good answer. Wow, look at all those questions. I know, my goodness. Oh my God, how do you just, you just. You just... Brittany said she's, oh. that's why oh, she's, she's thankful she was trained on all makes and models. I totally agree, Brittany. Good for um, you, Brittany. Oh my God, and Brittany, for anybody who doesn't know Brittany, uh, uh, it's Women Who Wrench. I think is her, um, yeah, women who run is her Instagram that she's got. And, uh, she is an amazing technician, another female technician that you should follow. Have you all, have y'all broke things on set? <laughs> <laughs> we broke some Me shit today. today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we break things all the time. I mean, we break things all the time because you know what? Things get old. Things get hot, things get brittle, and it's part of working on cars. Break. And it's okay. We it break is. things, you break things, we all break things. Part of wrenching. Yeah, all the time. 100%. And we also have to fix them. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, what else? What else do we have more questions? Will we do more live chats? I, you know, we haven't, so I've been doing live happy hours every Wednesday. Faye's been doing her own lives also Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Uh, book clubs are on Wednesdays and um, happy hours for me are on Fridays. Yes. So, but yeah, on YouTube. I do think that we should do some more lives together, shouldn't we? we? Should. I mean, people are I used to seeing us together. Anyway, we should so. probably do a live and like, we clearly hate at each other, least so. one, one time per filming. I think that'd be fun. Would you guys ever want to tune into a live <laughs> while we're on <laughs> set behind the scenes? That's a rhetorical question because I'm assuming you're answering <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to say yes to that. So maybe we should do that. Should we do so. a live? We're going to do a live on set periodically. So yes, Tune in. there were a couple of questions about that and asking that question. So oh, I there think, was there was a ton. There I was think like we will do that. Five questions. Ooh, um, what are our daily drivers, Bogey? Ah, what are our daily drivers? Um, my daily driver is a 2011 BMW 335 Coupe. It's beautiful. That has been actually on All Girls Garage. It was on oh, really? an episode in season four. Four or five, I think we did a cob tuning 
uh, upgrade to it, a bigger intercooler, performance exhaust, uh, switch the front and rear bumpers to European style bumpers. That's um, why it looks so nice. Yeah, I was like, did a bunch of stock. Did a bunch oh. of stuff to it. So that's my daily. Um, and then I have a bunch of other cars that are mostly dying of neglect. Uh, and you know, my daily driver for the longest time, actually since 2008, was a 1980 Volkswagen Rabbit. Uh, power nothing, no AC, <laughs> no, uh, like not even a tape player, y'all. Um, crank windows. Just a year and a half ago, I got the nicest, newest car I've ever had, which is now my daily driver. And that is a 1998 Toyota 4Runner, my first car with AC. Lovely. Automatic trans, my first automatic transmission. And, uh, man, you hit a button and the windows go down. It's beautiful. Yeah, 98 Toyota 4Runner. I love it. I love it. Um, but soon it's going to be my, uh, my super. What, uh, what was the fastest car you've ever owned? Fastest car I've ever owned. It's probably my current one, honestly. Um, it's like, we haven't dynoed it since we did all the modifications, but from everything that like the manufacturers of the aftermarket parts that we put on claimed, it's probably like 420 something ish horsepower. Really? Um, yes, yeah, wow. so I think that's Probably. She let me drive it once. Yeah, that's probably times. the fastest that I've owned. Um, I mean, I've driven faster cars, but that's the fastest I've owned. How oh my you? god! Uh, I mean, the fast. I mean, I've I've owned like total like loser lemons like all my life. So I mean, the the car that I've had for like most of my life is my 1980 Volkswagen Rabbit, which had Doesn't 40 horsepower fast. at the crank, and it was a four <laughs> speed. I finally converted to a five speed, but like you guys, like this thing did. I mean, the the. Um, the speedometer said that it went up to 80. Man, downhill with a tailwind, maybe. Right. I mean, this thing was <laughs> pathetic. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, the fastest car that I've ever owned is my current car, my 1989 Toyota Supra. By far the fastest car I've ever owned. Um, and it's, it's about to be faster. The last time that I dented it with a blown engine, it, uh, it made about 300 horsepower. Okay. So I'm excited with a blown to see. Engine. With a blown, yeah, a blown, oh my God, poor, poor thing. It was misfiring <laughs> on two cylinders. Um, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen after the build. Yeah. But it'd be cool. I mean, my, my horsepower goals that were right around 400. So, I mean, like that's, that's impressive yeah. that your BMW does that. But that's also the fastest we've driven in the a car. The ironic part about all of this is that neither of us are very fast drivers. We're both kind of grandma drivers. I've seen you drive. I'll, I'll let that be the narrative. <laughs> I've actually, truth be told, I've had my license pulled away twice for what? like, yeah, for too many speeding tickets. Um, and uh, it actually almost cost me a job once. So oh I, I actually, I'm not, I mean, I'm not proud of that, but that's, that's the reality. <laughs> I, I've definitely, okay, I've well, become, I'm not a fast driver. I've become a grandma driver, um, actually since I'm just like, you know what, I really have to like take my career a little bit more seriously. And actually, um, it was... The, the favorite, my favorite job that I've ever had was at Atomic Auto in Portland, Oregon. And I remember the time that I actually got my license pulled away. It was at, oh, taken away. It was after I did like this turbo upgrade on this, this old Saab. Mm -hmm. And it was this, oh, Saabs are so freaking cool, y'all. They're, they're awesome. It was this two-door fastback SPG gorgeous little car. And, uh, and I was like, I want to see what this thing can do. So I took it over the bridge that goes between, um, Oregon and Washington. And, um, it was late at night, I thought nothing of it, and I got clocked going way, way, way too freaking fast, and the guy just took my license away on the spot. I was like, you're gonna have to find a way to get this car back. Oh, man. And I was too afraid to tell my boss, so I had to call a, a friend and had the car driven away. Oh, wow. Um, so that it didn't get towed, and I was like, I can't, I can't handle this. And I finally, like a week later, I told him, just so you know, I don't have a license anymore. And he was like, you could lose your job right now. I'm like, whoa. 
I, I like what, so you become what would a grandma happen? driver since then. Well, I just realized like what's what's more. I mean, what's more important? What's what's more important? Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like just I like I can wait a few more seconds to get places. Like I I can't yeah. like I'm and and I've never really had a fast car. So like in my life, it hasn't really mattered that much. Right. And then when I got the Supra, I mean, I think you guys know like I got the Supra, and within a week. I freaking totaled it because I went so freaking fast around a corner on bald tires. I, I, I could not handle the horsepower. I wanted to go so fast and I was not used to turbo. I was not used to rear wheel drive. I was not used to something with so much power after eight years of driving a freaking See, I 40 didn't know horsepower this car. I well, didn't, I mean, know, I, I didn't well, know this side. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's a thing. It's like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not proud of it. Like I, I like I'm kind of ashamed yeah. of it, honestly, because like, it's stupid. Like, I mean, I should have, I should have had more self-control because my job should be way more important than like just right. trying to get somewhere fast, but I'm late for everything. You try to make it up going fast. And also my father was a terrible role model for me. Like he drove fast everywhere, was late mm. for everything. And I mean, I remember going super fast, like being late to hockey practice, like in his like old two door Saab, like on the, on some back roads and being like, this is the cool thing to do. Maybe in like rural New Hampshire where there's no cops, yeah. not in downtown Portland, Oregon. So, um, so no, like it, it taught me like a really good lesson actually. Hmm. And it, 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 because I was like, I would do anything to keep my job at Atomic Auto. Right. And you know, luckily he said, all right, well you can't drive customer cars. You know, you're going to have to have this guy that works next to you drive your cars for you. Um, he's like, this is, this is not, this is not okay. It's going to affect your flat rate time, which it did. I got paid less. Um, but he, I mean, it was like, it was, it was like six months or something before I got my license back. Um, and I, I got a permit to drive to and from work, but I rode my bike, you know, and, uh, and in the rain and it sucked. It was, it was awful. So, um, so yeah, that, that really changed me. And, and my, my story, cause I used to also like to drive very fast. Uh-oh. Um, and I, I do, I still enjoy driving fast. Um, but I, um, this is where we get deep. Um, I lost my older sister to a car accident and I don't drive that fast anymore. And I think it's, you know, things kind of put that into perspective. Yeah. Um, so for, for Faye, it was almost losing her job. Um, and realizing and putting in perspective, like, this is, this is my life. This is my career. This is what's on the table. Um, and for me, it was losing somebody I loved. And I think, uh, you know, yeah, I love driving fast, but I don't love it that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there are safe ways to drive fast. But There's I do love drive- having a car that can go fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of the important thing. Like, I like that my car can go really fast if I need to. But I think it's kind of ironic that I, I mostly drive it pretty slowly. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, those are like, okay. Those are two really sad stories. I know we got really deep there um, and we only have 10 minutes left, so we can't end it on this note. So let's no, see no, what no, the other we questions did, We did have a question that, that What's came. Oh, 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 Twisting Force asked if I was in Portlandia. Interesting story. Ah. <laughs> I did live in Portland for several years, actually quite, quite, quite a few years, um, from 2008 to, um, for a couple of years. So about like six years total. Um, and actually, if you look, um, the shop that I used to work at, Atomic Auto, is where a lot of Portlandia episodes were filmed. And I used to hate Portlandia because they would film it in our showroom, which is also where the customers walked in. And it would affect the customers had to walk like through the shop and in the back. And it was like, I didn't, I couldn't go pick up my cars because they were in the front and they were filming Portlandia. And like the customers had to come back and walk through and see us all working and like, huh, it was, it was the worst. So yeah, technically I was in Portlandia, but like <laughs> not really. I might be in some backgrounds in Portland. I don't know. So in our last nine minutes. Oh, yeah. 
it's been, already been an hour? It's been oh, another God. hour. I'm first of all, thank you all for hanging with our ridiculousness Seriously. for not one hour. Oh, people are still here. But two hours. Wow. All right. I Thanks, give you guys. guys a lot of credit for listening to our ridiculousness for this long because we are ridiculous. Yeah. Um but since we, we went on that heavy note, there yeah. I scanned through the questions. Light um, question. And the question is, does Faye have any pets, and how are Bogie's kitties doing without her? Oh my god, well, so, so we've had an update on your kitties, actually, haven't we? We have? Well, you were just talking about your kitties, and oh. how a uh, little girl... Yes. Little girl? Little girl. Yeah. So I have very cleverly named cats. I have I have handsome man, and and I have she's sometimes little girl. She's tiny girl or pretty oh. girl. Oh yes. yes. Very creative names. Hans, handsome man or fat man and tiny girl or pretty girl. <laughs> um, they miss me, um, but they are doing well. Um, tiny dancer, tiny girl. She's uh, she's starting to become more friendly. So she was a feral. <laughs> And she is actually starting to like let people love on her and and pet her a little bit. So that's the update on my animals. And Faye, I have chickens. <laughs> I have chickens. chickens. I freaking love chickens. I have chicken tattoos. I made chicken. I have a voodoo chicken foot in my hand. I am obsessed with chickens. <laughs> um, and 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 I and I collect weird and unique chickens. Um, I have eight currently, and they're all very strange. Uh, I wish they were normal because I'd like them to just like lay eggs and cluck and like actually be like a normal chicken. However, they're not. Some live in the house. Yes, they do. Some live outside. <laughs> And, you know, that's, that's fine. Uh, I also have pretty creative names. Uh, one of my favorite chickens is an Aracana chicken. And uh, her name is Cleo Nocomb of Severe Face and Substantial Mass. That is her entire name. Uh, way more creative <laughs> than my naming system. Well, uh, yeah. So I have Orpingtons, Aracanas. The Orpingtons are maybe like the most normal. Uh, and so, like I said, some live in the house. That, that, that's right. And they wear diapers. It's normal people, I swear. Um, some actually hang out in my shop with me and are like featured in my YouTube videos. And then I have some that live outside in this coop that I have nicknamed the Bossy Ladies Club because they're very <laughs> loud and they're very bossy. And uh, actually, to be real, I miss them so much that uh, I set up a security cam system around them. So when I'm gone, I can watch them from afar. And uh, I get updates on them regularly. Mostly it's sound detected at the Bossy Ladies Club because they're very loud. I just got an update <laughs> via the comments on oh, my cats good. from Shonda who yes. was checking in on them. And How her, are they? Her update was that my fat man, handsome man, oh. uh, has decided to stop using his litter box. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry for the loss of your I carpets. I have a cat that likes to poop right in front of his litter box. Oh. Well, We're my chickens like to that. poop on me, so. <laughs> well, I guess it could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> and on that lovely note, <laughs> um, I am going to thank all of you for putting up with our craziness for hanging out with us for not one, but two hours. Um, let us know in the comments once I post this up live if you want more of this stuff. This will be on my IGTV tab, so if uh, if you missed some of it and you wanna catch more of the ridiculousness or just wanna laugh at us some more, that's all gonna be there. Um, make sure you give this awesome lady a follow if you don't already follow her. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on this lovely Wednesday. Cheers to you all. Be safe out there. Take care of one another. And I will see you next week. On that being said, on that, with that being said, we should probably eat this dinner that's been sitting here for two hours. Yeah, we're going to eat our dinner we're now. We're hungry. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>